0: Man, we, uh, We're excited about this morning, what we're about to do here in the next few minutes. Some of you guys maybe have experienced this at some point, but maybe, maybe this is brand new to you. Today, we're calling a five-on-five service, and so what we've done today is we've given five of our other staff members here at Alive, not Eric and I. We're, we're, we're sitting on the front row. We're being the loudest cheerleaders this morning, amen? Uh, but we ain't speaking, but we're going to let our staff speak, and we're giving each of them five minutes each. That's all they get. They get five minutes to share a word from the Lord for you. And then the next speaker is going to go and the next speaker is going to go. And so if you like, if you get a little antsy and whatnot, this is the perfect service for you because it's like squirrel, squirrel, like, you know, it's like all over the place. God's going to get you something this morning. He knows what you're needing and what you're dealing with. And we're really excited to celebrate these guys and let them, they just got a depth of relationship with the Lord. There's so much gold in them that we said, hey, this would be a great weekend to do that. So just a couple rules here before we get them up here. Uh, number one is they are going to have five minutes. We're not going to put five minutes behind them. So you're like, haha, like, well, let's see what happens here. About a minute out, they're going to get a little tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock sound effect that's going to happen in the auditorium. That means they've got a minute left. And then uh, when their time is up, they're going to hear these ding-ding-ding, like uh, wrestling, like, like boxing bell type deal. That means the time is up. They'll finish their thought. We're not going to rope them off the stage or like choke them out or something like that. And then uh, the next speaker will come on up. And so just, hey, I want to encourage you. It's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. It's going to be awesome. And uh, be leaned in. Let's encourage them. Let's, let's smile at them. Come on, somebody. How many of you guys know uh, if the greatest fear on earth is public speaking, not of dying, but like speaking in front of people? And we're like, we're just going to throw you guys up here and see if you live. You know, it's like they're going to do awesome. And so we're really excited. They got words from the Lord. We've kind of had a preview of them. And, uh, Uh, I just believe we're all going to be blessed today, but let's cheer them on, let's smile, let's lean in, let's take notes, and let's get ready for God in a machine gun fashion to get a lot of stuff to us in a short amount of time. Amen? Awesome. You guys ready? All right, I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this all weekend, and uh, this is going to be great. So our first speaker up today is uh, our very own Mr. Ian Biggs. So Ian, come on up to the stage and kick us off. Don't start his timer yet until he gets up here, right.
1: Thank you, Pastor Eric. How's everybody doing? (laughs) Well, I'm Ian, I'm the youth director here with my beautiful wife, Kathleen, and we are so excited, all of us here, to share this with you. So, have you guys ever been looking around and seeing what's going on in the world and wondering what direction is this gonna go? What direction am I gonna turn to next? Like, I think of nuclear wars on the horizon I think of food shortages that I'm hearing about. I've been constantly hearing about that we're on the brink of an economic collapse. And even worse than that is even sex trafficking in our own backyard. Well, I remember one particular day a few weeks ago, thinking about all these things and just feeling the weight of the world on my shoulders. Just feeling like I was so small and so inadequate and I didn't know what step to take next, or what is even gonna happen with all these events going on. And that's when I read Ephesians 1. Now, I recommend that you all go and read Ephesians 1. There's so many nuggets in that chapter, but for the sake of time, I'm gonna highlight one scripture that's on the screen right now, and I'm gonna give you a couple nuggets as well within that book. So it says in Ephesians 1.11, furthermore, Because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. To receive an inheritance from God. When I think of getting an inheritance from God, I think of getting a reward greater than anything that this world could ever offer. Like, imagine somebody just gave you a billion dollars. I mean, that, that'll be great. Right. Amen. If you just got a, a billion dollars, we call it a Pentecostal handshake. Somebody just gave you a billion dollars. That would be nice. But to get a, an, an inheritance from the Lord for all your striving and running at the end of the journey and to hear a well done. There's nothing that this world can offer in exchange for that. So not only do we get an inheritance, but if you look at the verses before, God talks about how he has revealed to us his mysterious will, like he's given us the secrets. He's given us the keys to understanding his playbook. If you read your Bible and you spend time with the Lord, you already know how the story ends. Amen. You already know what's going to happen despite what's going on around you. And sadly, there's some smart people in this world. They have so many accolades. They're successful. They're good at their crafts. They're good at multiple things, yet they are blinded to understanding these truths in Scripture. They are blinded to the things of God, maybe because they're just so consumed in their own lives. And not only that, he talks about how he adopted us long ago. Like, just think about that for a minute. The God of the heavens and the earth. Adopted you and me into his family because he loves you and me so much that he wanted us to be with him at the end of it all. So when I think of these things, I'm just overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed with joy. I'm overwhelmed with hope. I'm overwhelmed with purpose. I'm overwhelmed with peace. Like all of these things we have in Christ Jesus. And not only that, guys, I'm going to give you one more nugget in this in this scripture. It goes deeper. It says that he's purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. Do you get that? Do you get that? He's purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. So it's like no matter what you go through in this world, you've been blood bought. You have a place. You have a place. He's like, I already got it taken care of my son. I already got it taken care of my daughter. Don't worry about it. Just keep on trucking. So when I read these declarations from God, it gave me great peace knowing that I was right in the center of his will. And, and I have everything I need to face tomorrow. So before we go, I have one more scripture that I want to share with you guys along these lines. And this is coming out of Philippians 3.8. This is Paul. He, talk, he talks about, it's funny, if you look at who he was before, he, he was a man of great heritage. He had all these giftings even before, but he persecuted the church. But then look what he says after having a relationship with the Lord. He says, yet indeed, I also count all things for the loss for, of the excellence of knowing of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Everything in this world is trash and compared to having a relationship with God. God bless you guys.
2: Good morning, everybody. My name is Christina Giordano. I am the Alive Kids Elementary Director here at Alive. I began my faith journey about six years ago when I attended the second service that Alive Family Church ever had. I decided to raise my hand and commit my life to Jesus at the third. Before that, I spent several years of my adult life trying to figure out what my purpose was. Sorry, (laughs) I'm getting emotional already. And why I always felt like something was missing, even during those times that were supposed to be happy times. I was so determined to figure out what it was that I needed to do to finally feel happy, content, and fulfilled. I was convinced that once I figured out what was missing and took the action to get it, that I would finally be happy once and for all. I thought maybe I needed to change my career, go back to school, take up some new hobbies, travel a little bit, have a couple of kids. I even had the words, be happy, tattooed on my foot. No joke, but it didn't help. (laughs) The problem was I was always looking in the wrong place. I was taking advice from the wrong people and focusing on the wrong things. I was raised Catholic. I went to church every Sunday. I attended catechism. I made my first communion. But no one ever told me that I could have a relationship with Jesus. More importantly, no one ever told me that Jesus actually wants and desires to have a relationship with me. I began to understand that reading my bible was something out of necessity and not just a religious duty when my heart and my mind began understanding and learning god's word i no longer felt like something was missing i finally felt happy and content like that hole in my heart was finally filled and would never be empty again one of my favorite scripture verses comes from Romans, chapter 12, verse 2, and I'm sure you've all heard this verse. You're probably very familiar with it. But it's a verse that I've been standing on since the first time I heard it several years ago. I'll read it to you from the New King James Version. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to take a look at a couple of the definitions of a couple of the words in this verse. The first one is the word conform. What does it mean to be conformed? The Webster Dictionary meeting states, to conform is to act in accordance with prevailing standards or customs. So if we go back and look at the verse, what this is saying to me is if we conform, we're choosing to live the way the world lives, which we all know is full of sin and not the will of God. What about the word transformed? Its definition is to completely change the appearance or character of something or someone, especially so that that thing or person is improved. So if we go back and look at the verse again, and do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't you want to transform so that your mind is renewed? Once I made the decision to commit my life to Jesus and began to get God's word into my heart and into my mind, I finally looked at being happy as something completely different. I no longer desired to keep chasing the things that the world was telling me would make me happy because I finally knew and understood the truth. I stopped conforming and I started transforming by renewing my mind. I was able to do this by spending time with God, praying and seeking him each day. I began to understand that renewing was a continual process and not something that was just a one-time thing. I, once I decided to finally put Jesus up as a priority in my life, I finally realized that I could be hopeful in all circumstances. I began living a life that was good and acceptable, and perf- according to God's will. We all have that choice: to conform or to transform. The world will always be trying to get us to conform. So what are we going to do to resist that temptation? Are the things that you desire in life what God wants for you or what the world is telling you will make you happy? I'm going to end with this profound quote by C.S. Lewis. Human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God, which will make him happy. Thank you.
3: Hello, everyone. My name is David Foster, and I'm the facilities director here at Alive. Um, <laughs> so, as I was uh, preparing uh, what to speak, this message, uh, the Lord really highlighted some memories to me that I had from the Howell building. Uh, this was, I, I'd already been saved at this time, but I wasn't quite living for the Lord. And I just remember there was a long period where I would just come into the church and I would sit in the back row. And I would just be so broken and so empty inside. And I would come in, and I would smile, and I I wouldn't let anybody in on what was going on. Um, And I know that there might be people in this room that feel the same way, Um, and I just want us to uh, see what the Lord's heart is on this. So we're going to turn to Scripture. We're going to go to Psalm 34, 17 through 18. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. So I think one of, the, one of the main points we need to take from this is who are the righteous? And if we are within the body of Christ, if Christ is our Lord and Savior, then we are the righteous. There's no amount of works that we can do that will make us any more or less righteous than we already are if we are within the body. And if we are in the body, then we know that He is close to us in our brokenness. And it is up to us to turn to Him and to allow Him into that brokenness because it is His presence and His goodness that brings the healing that we need to pull us out of that pit of depression and mental illness and all of these different things that we suffer because we live in this broken world. Um, And I think another interesting point is that so many of the Psalms, including this one, were written from the point of a broken heart. So I think it's important to know that you can be saved and be within the body of Christ and still suffer from these things. That it is okay to, to suffer from like mental health and mental illness and be within the body because so many of these Psalms were written from that same perspective. Like it is, it is okay to suffer in this broken world. Um, and it you know holding on to scriptures like this might not be an overnight fix it wasn't for me it took opening up to so many different people and and like weeping in the arms of other staff members and allowing the Lord to do work in me that was uncomfortable that caused a lot of what felt like pain at the time but it was it was healing it was the mending and it's just important to remember (laughs) that he's gonna heal all of us in different ways. What happened with me might not happen with you, but the Lord is good and he will bring healing for you in a way that is specific to you. So I wanna uh, share another verse, uh, Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. So the, the, the biggest foundation I took from this verse was that no matter what I was going through, the Lord could spin it for good. And that the Lord is going to set us free from the things that we're dealing with, so that way we can set others free. Like, two years I never would have stood on stage and spoke about absolutely anything. You know, I sat in the back row, and I smiled on the way in, smiled on the way out, didn't stop and talk to anybody. But I I am a prime example of how the Lord can spin things for good, because I'm up here speaking about the brokenness that I had and I know I know that he can do it for each and every one of us and we can go out into the world and do the same thing we can be the light and we can set others free because of what we received from Christ ourselves so thank you
4: good morning how's everyone doing you guys doing good good stuff My name is Kathleen, I'm the connections director here and the youth co-director with my husband. Um, And I'm just so excited to talk to you about what God has been speaking to me lately. He's been speaking to me on getting rid of distractions getting rid of distractions. You know, we just did a a series recently, and we learned a lot about the noise that's in our lives, and um, just excited to share what God has put in my heart. So normally, if I was going to share what I'm about to share, I might kind of warm up with some fuzzy, fun things or points and then kind of dive into it. But hey, I have five minutes, so we're just going in. So hold on, buckle up, we're, we're diving in. Amen? All right. None of us know what the future holds. And by the way, now that I just heard what my husband shared, just know we did not communicate with, <laughs> with each other ahead of time. There are some similarities, but we did not. I, I'm not copying him, okay? just want to disclaim disclaimer. So none of us know what the future holds. We're not God. God knows, and he holds the future in his hands. Um, but I just really feel prompted in my spirit that now is the time to get rid of distractions and to focus on what's important in life, which is ultimately our relationship with the Lord, right? I feel in my heart um, that we may be heading into a storm of sorts and so I don't know what that looks like I don't know if it's just here in the US I don't know if it's worldwide I don't know what it all means I've talked to other believers both here at Alive and then friends that go to other churches and they're kind of sensing the same thing and it was really on my heart just as I had this opportunity to share to say hey you know just to encourage us all and to kind of wake us up like hey money isn't gonna get us through the storm, whatever may be coming, whatever storms in life, right? Our titles won't get us through. For the youth here, your parents' relationship with the Lord won't get you through your life's storms. Our past mountaintop experiences with the Lord, they won't get us through either. And so Christ is our firm foundation. It's by us remaining, it says, um, remain on the vine, right? Remain connected to the Lord. He's what's going to get us through any storms that we have in this life. We were one of the many thousands of people. There was like 400,000 people who lost power this past week. Who else lost power? Yeah. It was rough. We lost it for a few days, but um, we're here and it's fine. But, you know, I was looking at the the weather app that day and I was like, oh, it says that there's gonna be some storms later and some might be severe. So I thought, well, let me prepare a little bit. So I ran the dishwasher because I thought, well, let me just make sure that that's clean so we can put the dirty dishes that we won't have any water to run later in there. Um, I uh, got things plugged in and charging, some portable things that we have. I got water out, drinking water. So I prepared for the storm ahead of time, right? You don't prepare for a storm after it hits. Wouldn't do me any good because I wouldn't have had any water to do those things. I did actually get um, some laundry ready, but I never put it in. So laundry was piling up by day four because I did not prepare. Um, for that appropriately right but it means that we prepare for the storm now and so we are need to get oil in our lamps now we need to be ready for whatever is coming now we need to get rid of the distractions now I want to share a scripture with you Ephesians five sixteen and 17 says make the most of every opportunity in these last in these evil days don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do understand what the Lord wants you to do. So God has a plan for your life. And it's so cool. It's kind of like how we all have um, a fingerprint that's only for us. God has a specific plan before you were even born that he has for you to do. He has certain works here on earth that only you can accomplish, only you can fulfill. There's no one else that can. And so God has a plan for your life, whether there's a storm or not. So have you surrendered to his will? Pray and ask God what's he want, what he wants you to do, he has a special plan. So how can you avoid distractions? How can you spend more time with him? How can you personally prepare for life storms, whatever that looks like? You know, recently we just wrapped up our youth summer series and we asked the students this question, we were talking about social media and we said, hey, if you had a day off and you had nothing to do, no school, no work, and you couldn't access media or electronics, what would you do? So I asked you the same question today, what would you do with that time? Some of them said things like, oh, hanging out with friends and going outside and such. But they also said, hey, I'd have more time to spend with the Lord. What would you do? Would you have more time to spend with the Lord? Do we need to carve out that time today? 2 Peter 1.3 says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself, by, his, by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We receive this when we receive Christ. It's a promise that we've been given. And we're called to be set apart. We're called to be the light of the earth. I saw how much light shines in darkness when we lost power. It really is true. So let's surrender our will to God's today, right? Let's get rid of distractions. Let's focus on our relationship with the Lord. And let's ask God, hey, God, what do you have for me
5: to do? Thank you. Wow, what great speakers we've had, right? That's awesome. Hi, my name is Angie, and I'm the preschool director here at Alive Church, and I'm going to be talking to you about purpose. There is a, a plan that God had for today, right? The verse that I want to use is Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Wow, how amazing is that to think that God thinks good thoughts towards us, right? That's so awesome. The God of the universe thinks good thoughts of us, and it gets better. In Psalm 139, 17 and 18, it says, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When you think about the sand on the beaches of Hawaii or even all the sand at Silver Lake Sand Dunes? I mean, that's a lot of sand, and God has good thoughts for us. And why is that important? Because you matter. You are important to God. The second part of our verse in Jeremiah 29, 11 says he gives us a future and a hope. What does that mean to us? It means he's got a purpose for our life, right? Yeah. Here at Alive, we learn that we are created on purpose for a purpose but what is our purpose that's the million dollar question well I've got an idea for you I work in a nursing home and we have people come in all the time that say you know why am I still alive what is my purpose why am I here and one gentleman in particular came in and he had had a heart attack and he died and they resuscitated him and when he got to our facility he was depressed He was discouraged, and he had no hope. Well, I got the opportunity to speak with him, and I told him that you are alive for a purpose. God has a plan for you. You need to find a way to reach other people. So he decided that he was going to participate in therapy. He got better, and he went home. But the great news is for the next six years, he would come to our facility and volunteer, and he would bring us treats and he would take us to lunch and we even had our work christmas party at his house it was awesome he discovered he had a reason and a purpose so i have two ideas to share with you about what your purpose is and it applies to every single person in this room and the first one is is we were created for fellowship with him in first corinthians 1 9 it says god is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son jesus christ our lord so we're called into fellowship with him when you think about adam and eve in the garden they walked with god and they talked with god they were in fellowship with him and that's our purpose is to be in fellowship with him and how can you be in fellowship with him three ways getting in the word praying and by worshiping is you're immediately in fellowship with the Lord and then the second idea is for your purpose is to love those around you walk in love even to the people that you might not like Jesus loved people and he walked in love towards people and when you think about him in the last supper with Judas he loved Judas and even washed his feet So we need to love people, even the people that we might not like, because they probably need you the most. God has good plans for you. Isn't that what our text said? Right? There's not a single person in this room who is a mistake. God knew you before you were even born, and he wrote out all the days in a book. But it's up to you to follow that. It's a choice. God doesn't force it on us, right? If you missed it or made mistakes, God doesn't hold it against us. He takes those mistakes and weaves it into his perfect plan for us. When you think about Adam and Eve in the garden, when they ate of the fruit that God told them not to, what was God's response? Was it anger or was it, Adam, where are you? He was looking for fellowship, right? So I want you to take this text in Jeremiah 29 11 and apply it to your life. Know that God thinks good thoughts about you and he's got a plan for you, a purpose, a future and a hope. I want to encourage every single one of you here to be the best husband, be the best wife, be the best worshiper, be the best cook, the construction worker, whatever it is. Be the best you that you can be, because this world needs you. There are certain people that only you can reach, and God has that purpose for you to reach them and tell them that Jesus loves them. I want to end with a quote by Tony Evans. It says, God will meet you where you are in order to take you where he wants you to go. Thank you so much.
6: Awesome. So good, Angie. Let's give it up for our five-on-five five speakers. So good. Are you guys encouraged? So much good nuggets to take away. God has a purpose as we are um, looking at all their outlines, we are like, the message this morning is God has a purpose for you. All of them, we've that, we didn't set a purpose ahead of time, but God did. And he wants us to know he has a purpose for us. He has good thoughts for us. He's got good plans for us. And we need to believe it. We need to consider, God, what does this look like? You know, it's a start. A lot of people have already started school, but our kids are about to start school here in a couple days. It's a fresh season, right? We're all anticipating the freshness of this fall encourage you this weekend, you got an extra day tomorrow, maybe take some extra time today or tomorrow morning and just consider, God, what are your purposes for me? Am I living in line with the reason that I was created? Am I being intentional, like Kathleen mentioned, to get rid of the distractions? What's distracting me from living full on in the purpose that you created for me? you guys bow your heads and close your eyes and and go to the Lord with me. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. God, we thank you that you have good thoughts towards us. God, we thank you that your thoughts towards us are pleasant and good and numerous, too many to count. And Lord, we believe that. Lord, we believe that we're loved by you. We believe that we're seen by you, as Scripture says. And we're not just seen by you, but we're thought of by you. It's a thought too vast for us to really even grasp, but Lord, we believe it. We believe that we are loved. We believe we're seen. We believe we're thought of by you. And not only that, but Lord, we believe what your word says, that you have good plans for us. You you have our days numbered. You have purpose for us. And so Lord, we want to be walking in that because we know it's good. We know your plans for us are good. We know our future is full of hope because of those good plans that you have for us and so holy spirit we just ask that you help clarify that for us this morning even here in this moment clarify that purpose maybe if we already have an awareness lord that you help us value it maybe We can get so distracted by seeing what other people are doing and what other people are posting on social media, but Lord, help us value the purpose that you've placed within our life, the purpose to have fellowship with you, to be in relationship with you, to know your voice, that we would value that. Lord, that we would value the purpose that you have for us to love you and to love others. Lord, help us be aware of the people around us, love them. And Lord, help us have discernment about the specific purpose that you've placed within our life for this season. Whether it has to do with our role within our family as a spouse or a parent or a child or a grandparent. Whether it has to do with our occupation and the relationships in that place or what we're doing for your kingdom, maybe here at Alive or through other avenues. Lord, help us be aware. To value, to steward well and not get distracted. God, we thank you that you're good, you have got good plans.